1: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. And welcome again to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Coleman I am joined today by Max Cohen and the Fulham Shadow returns. He's returned from the match. He was there, Emilio Janelle We're going to talk about this unfortunate 3-0 Fulham loss to Arsenal in about mm. a 15-20 to 20 minute show. We're going to do it a little bit differently. And if you're watching live, I would like your comment on this. So why did Arsenal cruise by foam? I got an alert from the BBC Sport telling me Arsenal cruised by foam. So it got me to think, why? Why did they cruise by foam? Because it's easy to talk about how great Arsenal are. They were very good. Let's not mince words on that. But there are other reasons why they cruised. So that's where I want to go on this. Rather than go through all the goals and do all that, let's just talk about this topic here. And Max, I'll go to you first, and then I'll go to the foam shadow. Simply put, why did they cruise?
0: We are incredibly dependent on Jao Polinia, And when our best player doesn't play, we suffer. You know, we're going to talk about that much more later on. But the midfield, we were just destroyed in there. Yes. Lukic isn't Jao isn't Polinia. I'm not going to go out here and criticize him because I don't think he, you know, played a terrible match like Shaliba did. But he's no match for the presence that is Paulina. And the defense also had a stinker. Not sure hmm. why Tosin was out there. Anthony That's Robinson forgot how to defend. Tete got burned by Martinelli numerous times. Tim Ream also had some mistakes passing out of the back. We th- This performance reminded me of the vintage Fulham Premier League of the relegation <laughs> season. <because, clears throat> I mean, it could have been five or six. Mm. Arsenal seem to come to the cottage and boss the show whenever they yep. get here. Mm. And very little resistance. we were missing our talisman in the midfield. The defense didn't decide not to show up. And the attack was nowhere to be seen. So it's a very poor match. But I really do think that the main thing we're going to talk about is that when you miss your key player, players made the most tackles in the Premier League, who's the heart and soul of this team, we just looked weak. And that's the main yes. adjective I describe this performance is weak.
1: I totally agree, Max. And over to you, Emilio. You got to watch this live. And uh, feel free to share your reasons as well, because I think there are other reasons. But I think Max really tackled it. It was defense, but I go really looking at central midfield because that's where all of their damage came from. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, who's not there? Now, here's an interesting stat. Peter Russell put out the stat. Fulham have given up, Emilio, 10 goals without him. (laughs) Without Paulina in three (laughs) matches, 10 goals. What does that tell you? They are very dependent on Paulina. Everything is predicated off of him. So you take him out. And you have to find another way. They did not find a way, and unfortunately, Arsenal bossed the game. Full credit to Arsenal. I thought they were great, especially in the first half. But what do you put it down to? I, I know it's easy just to point to missing Paulina and just putting it all on that. It's it's more than that.
2: Yeah. But How about you? No, so Max did an excellent summary in terms of you know the, the gaps. You know the Fulham of today, but you know. I'm, I don't want to be as critical generally on the performance, you know, because let's be realistic. We're playing arguably the best team in the country. Yep. You know, we've, we've been punching above our weight all season. Yeah, you know, we have missed our talisman in the midfield. And like I said, we've conceded 10 goals in those three games when he's not played. But that's an obvious miss. But yeah, there were other errors. Defensively, we weren't as sharp. But Arsenal were quick. Their movement was very good. Yeah. You know, Ben White's 50 million, Trossard 30 million, Vinchenko 40 million, Jesus 50 million. Let's be bloody realistic. There's four players that nearly cost 200 million against Fulham. So I'm not going to be as critical of the performance because it was men against boys, but yep. it's a free hit. None of us expect, I expected a 2 0 3 1 defeat, is what I predicted. So we weren't that far away, but there's more, it's more deeper than just Paulina being missed. So I think we there was no spine in that midfield. Performances have been dipping in recent weeks as fatigue is starting to creep in. Um, when you're sort of creative players like P- um, Pereira is not firing, there's no offensive threat. So that's another problem as well. You know, defensively we saw, you know, you know Jedi. I call it a return of the Championship de- Jedi because this is a, today's performance reminded me of how he played last season in the Championship. He was abysmal and shocking, but again, Arsenal made him look very average and very poor. And again, Arsenal. We're good. They could have scored five or six in that first half, but I'm not going to be can't compare Fulham against Arsenal. But there are gap when those talisman like the Paulinias, when Pereira's not on fire, there's no creativity and no spark there, no quality offensively. I thought Mitrovic had his better game for a few weeks, but again was isolated and had two men against him. Salomon first half looked okay, but had two men against him. And I've always, I've said for a few weeks if Matt Salomon isn't on song offensively offers very little else. So for me, it goes into that depth okay, and and fatigue. And we're starting to see fatigue, creeping, like we saw last season. Last season, you know, I was disappointed we didn't win the championship by more points.
1: That's right, Why? I remember. We yes. fell
2: back the last two or three months with fatigue, inconsistency, and we're seeing the same again. So the lack of depth is starting to show now, to be honest with you. So rather than being a one-man show and without padding, it's, it's all be all end all, there's more to it behind the scenes, so I'm, I'm not going to be overcritical of the performance today. But there have been some signs in the last few weeks that we've, we're off our best. We're looking tired, Jay did. The bench looked very weak today. Depth is the issue, and you know. But we've look we're top top seven still. Lost against the best team in the country. I'm not too despondent to be honest. I'm, I'm happy with how the season's gone, but it's it is what it is, right? We, it's, it's, we set little Fulham playing. <clears throat> Premier League winning team in Arsenal with players of over 50 million. How can we compete with players like that? So that right. that's, that's, might be more realistic perspective of the game, shall we say.
1: Okay. I'm going to share some comments. we got a good amount of them, guys. So this is from our friend Steve Reynolds. Arsenal crews due to bad midfield and poor defending Jedi had a nightmare and Diop should have started no depth in squad at all. Very good stuff. Max, I want to go to you. and want to get your thoughts about the decision to start Tosin. Instead of Diop, what were your thoughts about that? And do you agree with a comment from Steve here?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't think Diop's had a particularly bad spell. I mean, obviously the Brentford match was not what we would have wanted, but I didn't think it was Diop's worst match he's ever played. So unsure of the reason that Tosin started and th- the depth is a great point. I mean, you know, we were here a couple months ago and we got thrashed by Newcastle at home. Right, A similar type of vibe after the match. You know, lose by three goals. Seems like we didn't really show up. Obviously, the red card is different. But we said, look, if, Sh- if Shalaba's starting, we're weak. And now we've gone out and got Lukic, and he started in place of Paulina. And he's just, I'm not saying it's that a Shalaba, but it's clear that this team without Paulina is a different team. And that worries me because I'm a realistic person. I don't think Pauline is staying this summer, just being honest. He is okay. a potential to play for a top-four team. He's that good. When he leaves, I'm worried what it looks like next season. <laughs> I'm worried about a lot of te- things in the squad. Tim Ream isn't going to be around forever, right? William's right. is probably going to retire in the next couple of years. There are major gaps within this team that we need to reinvest in the summer. But that's a different story. Today, Amelia <sighs> makes a great point. It's Arsenal. They're top of the league for a reason. They're the best team in the country for a reason. They're very strong. So we shouldn't beat ourselves up too much. Yeah, no. I think I think Emilio is right. But there are more long-term issues, I guess, yeah. which this game presented themselves to me that made me a little more pessimistic here. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I'm going to share this comment from Stuart here. He says, nothing too so with Paulina. Robson was a rabbit in headlights, and <laughs> this effort for that second goal was unforgivable. Emilio, I'm going to agree with that on... Anthony Robinson, the last two matches, he's been off. He has not been the same player. I don't know what's going on with him. But against Brentford and now against Arsenal, he has Mm. not been the same player. Is there, I don't know, is he tired? Is there something going on with Anthony Robinson? Not the same player lately.
2: No, and against Wolves as well. He was poor in that game, that draw a couple of weeks ago as well. But I think, look... The fatigue, the thing about the depth I mentioned before, fatigue creeping in, lack. There's lack of creativity. We're not. We're not creating many chances, right? I think in the last last half six to eight games since the turn of the year, we've ground out results. That's a positive, but that fluent football that we were playing pre World Cup, it's not quite there at the moment. And there's a reason, for, a number of factors for that. Injuries are creeping in. Plays are not playing to their their their, to their potentials. The plays though I kept saying have peaked have peaked already. like likes of Harrison Reed, Bobby Reed. These guys have got limited upside. I keep going on about this time and time again. There's a limit. If they're not playing to their peaks, they're not creating any value into the squad. And that's what we're seeing. So players have p- punched above their weight for so long. So Joe made a good point to me. Have have teams found us out? Have teams started to suss how to play against Fulham now? And that's maybe why we're not getting the real... Like we did last season. Teams started to find us out March and April last year. We weren't winning many games and we were becoming inconsistent. And we're starting to see that, but for me, the main primary reason is the depth of the squad is not there at the moment, and the, the fatigue, the lack of quality, or people, to players punching above their weight—that that can only go for so long. You can't, that doesn't take you 38 games of punching above their weight. There'll come a point where you'll 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 tail off. But again, i want to say realistic. I'm focusing this season alone, quarterfinal of the FA Cup, still in the top half of the table. We would have all grabbed everyone's hand. You know, we would have all bitten your hand off if you told me that at the beginning of the season. But Max has got a point. Next season, we need to strengthen and create in this squad. Otherwise, we might see a few more of these types of performances next season. But let's worry about that next year. We're safe, and that's the main thing.
1: I'm glad that Max went there. And Max, I want to go to you because I want to get your thoughts on what Emilio shared about our dip from last season and the parallel to this season. Lack of depth and potentially this fatigue we're talking about. But I'm glad that you brought up next season because if there's one thing that maybe we should take out of this is, yes, Arsenal are going to win the league. I think they're going to be champions and they are probably the best team in England and could be one of the best or not the best team right now in Europe. That's how good they are. So let me ask you this. How worried are you about what he's talking about, what, what, uh, Miller just said about fatigue. And how much do you put
0: on on just playing against Arsenal? It's a good point comparing it to last season. Um, I remember I was at the Coventry match and, you know, 3-1. And like, that was a real wake-up call for, yeah, we're going to coast to the league, (laughs) but this team is not finishing on a high. Maybe that is something with Silva. Oh, Emilia's gone. Um, That's okay. He'll be back. back. Um, It's weird, Russ, because we're in an unbelievable spot. As Amelia said, no one thought we'd be this high in the league at this stage of the season. So at some point, even complaining at all feels wrong. Yeah. But on, on the flip side, true. On the flip side, we just lost 3 0. And what worries me about today is that I just didn't see much fight. Mm. And I feel like that's okay if, if we play a better team than us, which Arsenal clearly is. But the reactions after the goals, and let's, let's, let's not forget Yep. Um, there was the VAR decision, which saved it from being 1 yeah. 0 earlier. <laughs> Yeah, so we almost got off, and lucky. that was
1: extremely close.
2: And it was,
0: yeah. Amelia, you
1: didn't get to see how close that was. This mm. was extremely close. It's about
2: three or four minutes to make the decision. So uh, I haven't seen any the replays of anything. Wait of the till goals. you see how close no. it was. It was very close, very close.
0: So the reaction was poor for me, and I think the fatigue is, is definitely settling in. We were overperforming by far in the first half and so of the season, and I think we're just coming down a little bit to reality. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I think we'll see more of that and. I think we have to also look at Mitrovic. I think he actually played fine today. He's yes, so I to actually thought Mitro it,
1: played okay,
0: but he wasn't the force he was in the beginning of the season, and that's mm. clear. And I think that's kind of affecting the team a little bit. You yeah. know, last time he scored a goal for us. Yeah.
2: Okay. And the thing I was or something I, would, if I do forget is, yeah, that first half was you know a typical Fulham performance against an Arsenal team of the pre- pre- previous Premier League. You know, we've right. often got battered by Arsenal, at home, haven't we? And um I remember the 5 1 humiliation when under Yukanovic, 1 1 at half time. And then we got annihilated second half by four goals. If you remember that game, they destroyed I us do. half. And there were similarities of that in the first half. There was low fight, poor defending. But one thing I didn't, I can't tolerate, and people can call me out for this. I wasn't impressed with the booze at half time. Sorry. 3 0 against the best team in the country. You don't bloody boo your players off. Sorry. I, I don't care how bad a way. performance is, you've knocked the stuffing out of them and you've booed them off the pit. That's not good enough, Fulham fans. So whoever booed there, come to me privately and tell me why you thought that you had a right to go and boo those plays. Unacceptable when you're playing the best team in the country. So I just want to get that off my chest. wasn't happy about that. Very interesting that you
1: said that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to share some comments from our friend Chris Goodwin, who happens to be a Liverpool supporter. This goes to our argument today, guys. And I actually agree with all this, that we should be talking about this investment's going to be key for Fulham to avoid the second season syndrome. They should be acting now. They should get all their ducks in a row right now. This was a warning sign today. I know who Arsenal are, but I went on another podcast from a Wolves supporter who told me that once you start losing your key players, that's the issue. That's what you're going to face. You're going to have to figure a way, and as Chris says, Max, the second season syndrome, it's right by you, not to just talk about what we do to replace Paulina if he leaves. It goes beyond that. They need to invest, and I'm going to say it right now, they need to invest heavy.
0: Sure. I think that comment is spot on. Mm. You know, we haven't been in this situation in a long time, two consecutive years in the Prem. This is uncharted territory for us. But we know that it's going to be even more difficult second year. And teams like Leeds and Villa, I mean, who've done great when they first got promoted, have been in massive relegation battles the next year recently that I can think of. Wolves too, although they're a bit longer stretch for them. But I don't know. I mean, I'm confident. I mean, Marco Silva, as a manager, does have a bit of reputation, doesn't he, though, for this kind of second season, third season syndrome. His head might get turned at some point. And we saw it most probably with, with Everton. Sorry, with Watford. Right. And then he went to Everton, didn't quite work out the next year. So we need to see if he can do this consistently. I hope it's different at Fulham. <clears but throat> we do have to put it out there that he does have a bit of a track record of doing well initially mm-hmm. and things going a little bit south. But I don't want to divulge that yet because I still think he's the right man to take us forward. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, very good. I'm going to share this comment from Kamal who was at the match. Emilio, I find this interesting. Fulham were better in the second half, but <laughs> this is an interesting comment. There was a seven-minute <laughs> sequence. We play Parker Ball. Passing from wing to wing in their box without shooting, it is not what we expect of the new Fulham. Very interesting commentary. What are your thoughts about that, Amelia?
2: And I know exactly that seven minutes, you know, (laughs) movement. So, look, there were times when you're two, I think we were two nil down at that point because Arsenal got that third goal just before half time. We were two nil down and we were going left, right, left, right. But that was in the first half, you're right, keeping possession, just sending the ship. Trying to be patient, trying to find those moments. Again, it goes back to Palina. I remember Lukic in that in holding that holding midfield, holding that ball in the midfield. He was going sideways, going sideways. That was Palina. He probably would have gone for goal at some point and let rip. But Lukic again, that's another concern for me in terms of backup. I don't. Today he looked quite weak. To be honest, I, didn't, I don't know what he offers. To be honest with you, He's got, running around the pitch, looking a little bit lost at times. But that's a seven-minute sequence. You're right. You know, sometimes we can't always be playing. The silver way all the time. Things don't always go according to, to, the, you know, to the, our philosophy. And, and this is what Marcus Silva was all about. Let's see what he can do when the chips are down. Can he mix things up? Can he change things up? And sometimes, you know, we were. It's important when you're 2-0 down against a team that breaks as well as Arsenal do. Maybe just sometimes taking the foot off the gas and just holding the ball is the right thing just to compose ourselves. Because I think we were getting destroyed every time we kept giving the ball away. Arsenal were on the offensive and, and likely to score or creating right. a problem. So I'm OK. At that moment, it was a right thing just to steady the ship, keep ball, be patient. Yes, it might not have been attractive, but you're already 2-0 down. It was the right thing to do, just to keep possession. And to be honest, if Palina was there, I would have seen him probably take a strike from outside the area. Whereas Lukic right. played 51st and trying to keep ball past left, past right. So, yeah, it wasn't pretty, but you're 2-0 down. Sometimes, you you know, you don't want to get annihilated, which which could have happened if we tried to, to play the normal Fulham way of, of football.
1: That's very interesting because to start the second half, I thought they played obviously on the mm-hmm. front foot. But Max, over to you, your thoughts on this comment, because generally speaking, Marco Silva's players and the way that they're set up, they don't really change what they do to what. Emilio said, "I don't know if this is coming from Silva, but they did try to calm things down and maybe did play a little Parker
0: ball." <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me that that wasn't the most concerning part of this match. I think I'd rather focus on the defensive issues, but yeah, I think the passing <laughs> wasn't what wasn't as crisp as we've seen it, and that's certainly true when you're missing someone like Palini who brings it all together. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about Robinson. <laughs> don't know what he's doing in the second goal. I mean, Martinelli doesn't even jump, doesn't right. even jump, and then the third goal. He's actually only get beat out by the crossfield pass, which goes to Odegaard. So, mm. two indi- individual errors, and then the goal off the corner. That's Tosin for me. Yeah. That's Tosin. Doesn't that was definitely
1: Tosin. So mm. I mean, that's Max, two simple headers. Everyone, go watch that back. Yeah. That's on I mean, Tosin. He's complaining about being pushed. How big is Tosin? And so, also,
0: come on, guys. We're Fulham. We invented the set piece pick off the right. corner. We love shoving. <laughs> we can't. We can't give any complaints to the referee. Exactly. About that. That's a great
1: point. That's a great point. I I just hate this
0: because I'd say the the largest percentage of my friends here are Arsenal fans, more than (laughs) at a club. and And they always seem to beat us like this, always,
1: at home, always. Okay, very good. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff, guys. All right. I do want to wrap this up. To wrap up this show, I want to get your thoughts if you want to give anyone a man of the match. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home-ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I- okay, guys, let's finish up this full-time show. As I said, this, this show's a little bit different because I really wanted just to analyze why Arsenal crews by Fulham, I think we did an excellent job of breaking that down. Rather than waxing poetically like the media are doing right now of how fantastic Arsenal are, which, okay, they are. This is a Fulham show, so we're going to analyze what Fulham didn't do, and I think we've done that. So I'm going to ask the question to you first, Emilio. You were there. Do you have anyone that you would give a man of the match to?
2: I think Leno, again. I think Leno kept us in, especially first off. There was like some, some fine saves. He was not a fault for any of the goals. You know, he tried, you know, basically he made some important saves. I think it, was a, it was a one shot. I can't remember who it was. I thought the ball was going out wide and he managed to get his fingertips onto the ball, Leno. And there was another, there's a couple of other saves. Leno looked comfortable in goal, but, you know, you you can't legislate for poor defending. Latosin should have done better. They should have been stronger. Again, don't understand whether it's tactical that he started ahead of Diop. Only Silva will know that. But that was a question mark when the starting lineup for me. Robinson just had a, a dire first half, to be honest with you. Should have but he's been dipping in confidence the last few games. So something's not quite right there since he's come back from injury. He had that didn't he have that knock early in, the, early in the January, I think it was. So I don't know, something's not quite right there. But overall, I'll give it to Leno. I thought Leno looked looked pretty looked pretty good. And Mitovic, I'm not saying nowhere near the man of the match, but there were signs that he started to come back to his normal self. A little bit more confidence. There was a moment when he won the ball from the last, against the Arsenal defender, but Pereira was outside of the box, not anticipating the uh You know, the chest, the chest, the chested ball that Mitrovic had laid off to him. So, again, Pereira, where are you at time? I think Pereira's had a poor game, which is why he got substituted early. So, if that spark's not there from Pereira, that's another problem for me. That's why depth is the biggest issue for me. But to answer your question, I'm going to give it to Len. I think Len kept, kept the score down. Okay. Steve
1: Reynolds says, Metro for work rate. I have to share this one from our friend Chris Goodwin. He's giving it to
2: you, Emilio. The full shout-out for calling out the booing fans. So thank I you, just... Chris. Thank you. Not, not good enough, really. I don't care how – if you're losing against Southampton 3-0 at home, bottom of the table, then I don't ever boo. I've never booed my team. So I, I can't put myself in the shoes of that. But to boo against the best team in the country, that's not acceptable.
0: Okay. Very good. Max, who's your man of the match? I'm glad Emilia went first here because I was scrambling. I couldn't think of anyone. But (laughs) Leno's a great answer. Let's go with Leno. Made -hmm. some good saves uh, against his former club. So,
1: good for him. Okay, very good. Ralph Leach has a good one because uh, watching the broadcast, Emilio, you wouldn't have seen this. It's Mick Jagger. (laughs) Mick Jagger was there. So, for him, it's Mick Jagger. That's very funny. (laughs) Uh, 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 So... For you, is it Leno, Max? I'm sorry. Yes, take- Leno.
0: Okay. Leno for me.
1: Okay, very good. This is from our friend Comb. He says, We've just looked fatigued over the last few games. Both Brentford and Arsenal were miles better than us. Emilio, I would have to agree with that. You know, I've watched mm-hmm. I watch all the matches, let's call it what yeah. it is, but they have looked fatigued. And it's funny because Marco mm-hmm. said in his presser, he's not using that as an, an excuse, he's not using mm-hmm. it especially in the early part of that Brentford match. But Mm -hmm. why are they looking so fatigued, Emilio? Again, is it, does it go back to what you said from last season? Is it just the way that he plays over a course of time? Is this like the Bielsa factor for Leeds where they just tire out over the course of the season? Are we seeing that with
2: Fulham? Yeah. That was one of the reasons that I mentioned that obviously depth was a problem, but also we just look jaded and fatigued and, we're starting to see that. So, yeah, that, that that for me, that's a good analogy comparing against Bielsa. And I think the, the way we play, you know, play a, a high-press, offensive game and try to play on the break time and time again, that's going to take its toll. And and when you haven't got the depth or the plays that you have got are not uh, got a natural... Yeah, you know, I said they're playing to the top of their levels. Yep. When they don't play that level, then they're, they're very average. And I won't mention the names again, but that's a, that's a problem. It goes back to depth and quality. But... They still be proud of this team. We're still. We're I'm safe, very proud yeah. of this team. FA quarter final. There are some warning signs there, but let's let the owners worry about strengthening the team and start to have an eye out for next season. Because clearly, it's there needs some reinforcements, some depth improvements there. Because we we will struggle to play like we've had this first half of the season next year. You know, we we you know, so players will be an, a year older. The squad is still very light teams are starting to find out how to play against Fulham and we, can't, we won't be on 38 points, 39 points this time next year, so something has to change. That's a
1: very good point. I'm going to share this comment because I find this interesting as well from Carl here. He says, only positive I can think of is that eight of our remaining 11 matches are winnable if we can get some degree of form back. Max, I think this is a valid point because when you look at the matches coming up, we do have uh, that FA Cup match. The Liverpool match will happen at a later date. So, if you look at the matches coming up, there are points there for Fulham to go further up the table. This is not over, but I also think that one of the things that was mentioned on the broadcast that we watched is that they can't beat teams or get points off of teams in the top six, Max. That could be what keeps them out of Europe. I'm, I'm not giving yeah, up on Europe. I mean, I'm not giving them out I'm not giving up on Europe, Max.
0: I'm not. No, but. I think the stats are a bit misleading. United, last-minute winner, we give up. City, same thing. Arsenal, reverse fixture, same thing. Tottenham, maybe that's one-0 at home, a bit more lopsided the other way around. You know, we, we drew Liverpool, you know? So, yes, we haven't got as many points as we would have liked to, but with the exception of today's match, and maybe Spurs away, we've been in these games. We've been very competitive. Right. But I, it's a great point there um, that Carl made. You look at the fixtures. After United, Bournemouth away, West Ham home, Everton away, Leeds home, Villa away. Those next five matches. Now, with the caveat that these teams are fighting for their lives, Mm. so that's never an easy match, let's be honest. But these are teams who are below us. And if it's one thing we've been good at this year, it's beating all the teams below us. Absolutely. I I take that in a second um, because that's that's how you get points. So we'll see. We'll see. There are points on the board here one win and we're talking a totally different tune here.
1: I totally agree. I have to share this final comment from our friend, Chris, and he's a Liverpool supporter. So I know why he's <laughs> putting this up there. FA cup quarterfinal Man United, <laughs> nail full and made. I'm calling it now. I will come to England and meet you personally, Chris. If that score line happens, I, I will pull all my money and I'll come see you. Okay. Because that to me would be unbelievable. I don't expect that, but that would be great. Okay. Let's see. So, guys, I do want to wrap up this show. Let's go through final thoughts before we wrap up. First, over to you, Max.
0: It's never nice to get beat 3-0. It's always good to do the show after you get beat 3-0 to get it out of your system. That's right. Uh, I think perspective is important here. You know, Mm -hmm. The longer the show's going on, the more I think what Amelia said is ringing true. Arsenal the best team in the league. It's no shame to get beat 3-0 by them. We're still well, well, well above where we thought we'd be. We're not getting relegated. That's an achievement in itself, but but if we want to be successful, medium to long term in the prem, I think we all know after what we talked about today, this summer is going to be very key. Oh, so Let's enjoy the end dude. of the season. Let's go for a cup run. Let's try to get as many points as we can in the prem, but it's important that investments made.
1: Absolutely. And for me, I think Fulham have punched above their weight this season. It's been fantastic. We should not take anything away from that. We should be enjoying where they are. But let's be honest here. We want Fulham to have a long-term time in the Premier League. They need to invest in year two. We're all talking about that second season is vital, and they need to do it. I'm glad that we're talking about it now. Today was a warning sign. Yes, Arsenal are the best team in the league, in my opinion. But that's where you learn where you're at your weakest. I think it's against a team like Arsenal where it shows your flaws. This is actually, in a weird way, might be a blessing in disguise losing to Arsenal this way because maybe it'll jumpstart what Fulham need to do for next year.
2: Over to you, Emilio Your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, What's Max. Thoughts? Max yourself summarize it as well. You know perfectly well. There, so I concur with you both. And look, the game, the most important game of the season is next Sunday. As far as I'm concerned, we're safe in the Premier League. I'll take a, a dip in performance if it means we can get to Wembley. And play in the semi final, potentially the FA Cup final. That you Now, come on, that would be a great achievement for this club. So put all your fight, Marco Silver, into next Sunday's performance. Make that your game of the season, because if we can get a positive result there, don't forget it's a one off game, so it can go to extra time right. penalties. So it's a one off, anything can happen. You know, Man United, there's a debate around Casemiro got sent off today. I'm, I'm not, I think Steve Renner's was saying potentially he can, he, he will be suspended for the game. I thought League and Cup games are not interchangeable, but. Someone can clarify that that would be helpful. But if Casemiro got sent off, he won't pay for Man United. There's some positives, right? So, so I'm looking forward to the biggest game of the season next year. And This game with Arsenal, it's beyond us. It's past us. Good luck Arsenal for the rest of the season. As Fulham, well we move on. To be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not worried about it today, but just a few warning signs, like Max said, for next season. But right. let's enjoy the let's enjoy this ride for now. Let's 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 not worry about next year.
1: Okay, very good. And let's just end with me saying it actually has been a wonderful ride. It's been a fantastic ride. And uh, I think it's going to continue to be a fantastic ride with, as we're talking about, there are winnable matches still coming up for Fulham. So for me, the season is far from over. And I think that they still have a shot at Europe. I'm not giving that up. Okay. So let's wrap up this show for the Fulham shadow of Melo and Max Cohen. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage talk. Now part of the talk sport fan network. upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com slash upgrade
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans